publishing a book is a victory, but it's not the end. After you sweep up the confetti and wash the champagne flutes, what's next? Authoring Onward is the podcast about those steps after your first publication. Going from published author to having a long-term writing career. And that has no clear endpoint and plenty of ups and downs. But telling stories for the long-term is so, so worth it. Sit back, listen, and together, let's author Onward. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Authoring Onward. I'm your host, author, editor, and book coach, Connie B. Dowell. And it's here, the 2022 version of the Messy Author Planner is now available to order in both paperback and, well, sort of available to order in hardback that is new for this year. Um, It is a monster at 520 pages, um, loads of room for goal setting, reflection, quarterly, monthly, weekly, and daily to-dos and calendars. And in its honor, I am making this week the New Year's planning episode. Now, um, to back up to what I said about sort of available in hardcover, because of printing, shipping, supply chain issues, etc., the hardcover is delayed until right about when the new year begins, which is a major bummer for me, um, not only because I'd like to sell some hardcovers, but because that is the version that I would prefer to use. Um, I did really, you know, I've used my 2021 version all year and the paperback has held up, but with such a large book, like a big size and a large page count, I did feel like it was missing something without the hardcover. So I am bummed about that, but I'm going to start right where I am and I'm going to plan, um, you know, on, in what I've got available and then transfer all of that planning over to the hardcover version when it arrives. Anyway, whether or not you are interested in the planner, you probably have some planning that you would like to do for your writing and publishing life in 2022. So for this week, let's dive into what makes for good planning and goal setting. So first, let's talk about SMART goals. So you might have heard this before. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but SMART goals um, is an acronym that is really commonly thrown around when you talk about planning and goal setting. So SMART stands for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. So Specific is a specific goal. This is not a a very vague goal. Like, I want to learn more about marketing. That's a great goal, but it's not a smart goal because it's not very specific. If you say, I want to read this book about Facebook ads, that's a specific goal. You can do that. That is specific. Measurable is the next factor in whether it's a smart goal. And again, The vague goal of, I want to learn more about marketing, isn't super measurable. How do you know when you've learned more? What's enough more? Um, Again, that same alteration to that goal, to that big non-smart goal, I want to read this book about Facebook ads, 
okay, you know when you've done that. You can, you can measure your progress, how far you are on the pages. You know, if you took a course about a certain aspect of marketing, you can measure where you are in that process. Now, the third element is achievability. Um, so you need a goal that is actually possible for you to accomplish it in the, um, in the allotted time. But I also interpret achievability to be an element of control as well, that this is something that is in your control. Um, and there are lots of great goals that you can have that are not totally in your control as a writer. If you have a goal to make a certain number of sales of your book, or if you have a goal to sell a manuscript to a traditional publisher, these are, those are both worthy goals, but they're not totally in your control because other people have to say yes to that. Other people have to buy the books. The, you know, the editor and the traditional publisher publishing house has to give you a contract. So other people are in control of that goal. Um, it's not totally under your control. So to, again, those are worthy goals. So you just have to adjust them a little bit to make sort of sub goals that are achievable. You know, X number of tasks you're going to do this month to promote your book or X number of queries you're going to send out. So you just have all having a goal that isn't a smart goal isn't a bad thing at all. It just means it's a goal that needs a little bit more refinement. So the next element, the R in smart is relevant. So now this isn't, you know, are, should you be watching Netflix right now or should you be writing? We, we all kind of know that, um, but irrelevant goals might be things that look like you're doing something, but you're not really. Um, for example, and uh, I think publicity is wonderful and I think um, podcasts in particular are wonderful, but I have definitely been guilty of being like, I am giving myself some publicity as a writer, as an editor, um, as a book coach and getting out there on podcasts. And I've, so I have agreed to guest on podcasts that weren't super relevant for my readership or for the kind my client base, but it felt like I was doing something. So again, like really analyze those goals. Is this really going to get you ultimately where you want to go and kind of try to stay away from the goals that feel good. They feel like you're doing something, but you're putting lots of effort in a direction that isn't really going to take you where you want to go. So then the final element of a SMART goal is time bound. A SMART goal is time bound. You have to have an end date. You're going to do X by Y. And that's because without an end date, it's really easy to sort of put this off forever. We all have goals like this. I really want to run a marathon someday. Somebody else might say, because it's not me, I never want to run a marathon. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> but cheers to you if you do. And if you do want to run a marathon someday, then 
you need to set then maybe set a date. <laughs> I want to run a marathon by X day. And once you have that date in mind, then you can work backwards. You know the steps to take. Okay, that's this far away. So I need to come up with a training program that gets me from here to there in this amount of time. And that's why time bound goals are really helpful. Um, and so for a writing related example, if you have a ambitious goal of a really big project you want to write, um, or maybe multiple books you want to write, you then you need to have a time bound goal, I'm going to write this by x date, and then work backwards to create a calendar where you can get it all done. Now, if you, for example, you are thinking I want to write a, I want to run a marathon someday. And the idea of sticking it on the calendar doesn't seem appealing, then maybe it's a goal that is for another year. You know, it maybe you don't really want to do it right now. And that's okay. You know, we all have things that sound really good until we have to stick them on the calendar. Um, so that's all right. And that's actually a really helpful way to, again, approach goals that for your writing. If it's something that now you, you have to assign a time to it, you don't really feel like it, then maybe you don't really want to do it or you don't really want to do it in the foreseeable future. That doesn't mean it will never happen. Just not going to happen right now not going to happen sometime soon. And that's okay. So let's talk a little bit. Um, sometimes it can help to frame these a lot of, of what I've mentioned here in terms of distinguishing between non smart or maybe street smart goals or versus smart goals is process versus result oriented. Um, because some results you can control. I want to write X number of words. You have that mostly under your control. Um, but some results you can't control. I want someone to buy this manuscript, not under your control. And one framing, and this is something I was reminded of, as I listen to another podcast that I enjoy, Best of Both Worlds with Laura Vanderkam and Sarah Hart Unger, and in their planning episode that they released this week, they talked about process goals versus result goals. And that whenever they had a result goal, they tried to break it down into multiple process goals. So if you want to do some big thing that's not super under your control or not super measurable, that you're breaking it into these little steps that you can measure and you can control. Um, if you want to work up, you know, maybe you're weightlifting and you want to learn to lift a certain weight, um, then you need to break that into a process goal. I'm going to go to the gym X, Y, Z days. I'm going to put in my workouts, I'm going to do my training, and then eventually you'll be able to do the thing. So that's usually a better way of focus. Instead of focusing on what you can't do, focus on those little steps, those little processes that get you there. Now, don't forget 
non-writing goals and this goal setting process. Um, I know we've talked a lot about writing goals, but you probably have lots of other wonderful goals for yourself personally, for any non-writing career that you've got going on for your family. And again, I would recommend listening to that recent episode on goal setting from Best of Both Worlds or some of their previous episodes on goal setting. They've done on every year for the past five years. And I really like the way they break down their goals into career, family, and self. And even though even within self, things kind of get broken into like health goals and and self-care type goals or goals that are just personal interest motivated. So don't forget those non-work and non-writing related goals. So reevaluate your goals frequently. This is something that I like to do on a quarterly basis and even on a monthly basis. I reevaluate the overall direction in which I'm headed, the overall goals I'm trying to accomplish in the year. And then you can kind of see where you are. Are you on the right track? Or maybe the track needs to change, either because the first goal wasn't feasible or because something new and interesting has come up. Or perhaps because you started to pursue a goal and it turned out not to be what you wanted after all. So consider when you when you write down your list of goals, um, when you start planning all this out, consider whether each individual goal is a kind of pie in the sky goal or more doable. Um, and consider whether you really can accomplish all of this in one year. There is a common saying that you can accomplish less in a year than you think you can. And that's absolutely true. You we tend to overestimate what we can do in a shorter period of time, but you can accomplish less or, or you can accomplish rather more than what you think you can in a 10 year period. We underestimate what we can do in a longer period of time. So again, pare down some of, once you've got your yearly goal set, pare them down a little bit to what's a little bit more doable, a little bit less than you think you can. and hey, maybe you were right. And then you get through all of them and you've got three more months left in the year and you can add on new stuff. Great. Uh, but more than likely, you're going to find that that pairing is helpful to avoid overwhelm, to avoid feeling disappointed. So set the bar at a doable level. Then some of the, uh, another piece of wisdom that, I learned from Laura Vanterkam in some one of her recent podcast episodes. Uh, she talked about this on Best of Both Worlds, as well as on her other um, every weekday little mini podcast um, before breakfast, which was asking yourself the question, would you do it tomorrow? If you've got a goal like next year, I am going to run a mile every morning then you might ask yourself, would you do it tomorrow? And if the answer is no, 
Um, she might have phrased it, would you do it today? But I like tomorrow. It's um, because there's a whole another 20, that's a whole 24 hour period to cover, whereas today has already started. So I'm going to amend it to, will you do it tomorrow? If the answer is no, I wouldn't do that tomorrow. Um, then maybe really rethink that goal. Unless tomorrow is a really weird day, it's probably, you know, an ordinary day. If you've got a process goal, a thing that you're going to do regularly in the new year, and it's something you wouldn't do tomorrow, then you can be pretty sure that it's not something that you would do on any ordinary day in the new year as well. Um, and that's all right. It's okay to know that this is probably not the right goal for you at this time. Again, it mean, doesn't mean it will never happen. It just means it's time to reevaluate this particular one. Now, if you are hitting this end of the year and you're looking ahead and thinking, okay, I've got all these things, but what if I get off track? What if I don't hit my goals? Um, well, this is one reason why I do like to reevaluate goals at a quarterly and monthly level is because that's where you can start to analyze. If you didn't hit a goal, if you're not on track for a goal, why is that? Was it a poor time management issue? Is it that the actual goal became was much more complicated than you realize? Is it because maybe something you know, maybe it's not really what you want to do. And that's okay. And now you know. And maybe you can get out of doing it. Or it might really be that life pops up. Um, as we've all discovered in the past 18 months of pandemic, life does what life does. And sometimes it gets in the way of your goals. But if you come out of that reflection session, you know, if you're going into that reflection session, rather, and you're already feeling overwhelmed, depressed, discouraged, then put that off. You don't need to linger over this. There's no point in beating yourself up over a goal not hit. So what? You didn't hit that goal. Now you know. Now you have lessons you can learn. But if thinking about the lessons that you can learn, if analyzing it is not helpful to you on this is really an area where you kind of do need to know yourself a bit, whether or not this is going to be just overwhelming and discouraging, or if it's going to be analytical and helpful. Um, but if it's something that's feeling overwhelming and discouraging, forget about it. Move on. There is no need to waste that time, that energy, and make just make yourself feel bad because that is going to hamper you from making more progress in the future. So some planning lessons that I have learned in 2021. If you have just had a really big productive burst, a fallow time might follow that. Um, and that is, you know, again, me learning more about how I work as a writer. 2020 was weirdly, weirdly, the most productive year I'd ever had. I wrote a ton in 2020. And that's because despite the stress of the pandemic and um, schools getting closed and oh my gosh, I just, my stress response was to work, 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 
And that was how I coped. That was my coping mechanism. Uh, But because I'd had this extended period of using productivity as a coping mechanism, when I got to 2021, I did not have the energy that I had in 2020. 2020. So I did not have that energy. And I was less productive this year. And I could feel really bad about that. But I realize now that I should have seen it coming. And I have learned that lesson that when I'm coming off a really productive period, I'm going to have some fallow time. But there's also a silver lining to this. I did not publish any long form work in 2021. I published shorter works. And then the silver lining to that was that if I had been focused all on long form work, I would have missed out on opportunities for anthology submissions. And those have been really great for not just my book sales, but for networking with other writers. And so that has a new opportunity, something I hadn't planned for at the end of 2020, something I couldn't have anticipated coming up this year. But because I was, I was able to pivot I took advantage of that new opportunity and made some lemonade out of the lemons of my reduced capacity for output. So again, that segues into the next planning lesson that I learned is don't let your plans close you off to new opportunities. And this is another reason to reevaluate your goals and your plans frequently. Keep yourself as nimble as possible. Don't let what you've planned to do close you off from something that could be really great. Um, And if you, you know, for example, if you tend to set pre-orders for your books, if you're an indie author who sets pre-orders in advance, consider a shorter pre-order period. Um, And again, I'm going (laughs) to refer out to another podcast, one that I just listened to this morning. Um, the Wish I'd Known Then podcast this week, Inez Johnson came on, and that was one of her little nuggets of advice was that she learned she needed to shut to set a shorter pre-order time because things come up and um, she suddenly has to, you don't want to be stuck in a position where you have can't be nimble and agile in your publishing process. So that's something to consider. So give yourself wiggle room to make those new choices and jump on those new opportunities. Then finally, planning is supposed to be fun. And I know not everybody enjoys planning the way I do. I really love planning. I love planners. I love calendars. I love even calculating out the amount of hours that something will take. Um, Because to me, it's all this beautiful, shiny possibility. But if for you, planning might feel a little overwhelming, then try to do things that make it fun. You know, put on some holiday tunes, grab some eggnog, psych yourself up, put on an ugly sweater, make it fun and festive. And remember, this is all about the new, shiny and wonderful things that are in your future. So that is it for this week. I will be putting some pictures from the interior pages 
um, of the planner in the show notes if you want to see what it looks like. And I will have one more episode coming for y'all this December. So next week is the last episode of 2021. And then after that, I'll take a short break before coming back in the new year. Until next time, happy writing and happy planning.